every day on the big show. What? Gordon and what? Jake want to keep you up to date on all the action, all the newsmakers, and all the big opinions on the Zone Sports Network. This is What's Going On on 975-1280 the Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Oh, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? Yeah, what's going on? What's big show. What's going Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 975-1280 the Zone. We're here at uh, Mark Miller Subaru Southtown, 10920 South State Street. Uh, it's uh, adoption day, adopt a pet day. Uh, and they're celebrating here with the in partnership with the good folks at Nuzzles and Co. And if you've been thinking about uh, getting a pet or a new pet, uh, today's a great day to do it. Uh, the, you just need to come down and uh, see uh, the great uh, dogs and a few cats that they have down here. 10920 South State Street. Uh, Mark Miller Subaru. Let's uh, let's get into a little what's going on. Gordon, you ready to roll? Yeah, let's do it. All right, checking in with the other shows on the Zone Sports Network. Let's start with DJ and PK. Here's those two chatting about what BYU's record would be with their original schedule. So here's the question, and I think everybody's pondered this at some point. I think uh, I think you Nagy fans have pondered this about BYU. Oh, the preponderance of pondering is very high. Exactly. Well said. What would BYU's record be at this point in the season? With its original schedule. 6-0. and No, that's wrong. 7-0. and Possibly, because they would have played seven games at this point. 6-1. and Keegan tweets at us, it would either be 7-0 and or 6-1. and This team is vastly different than that team's past, than team's past anything in it. And it is frustrating that people like you can't see it. Yeah, I agree. It is frustrating that people like you can't see it. BYU, he's Keegan Underwood at BYU underscore Homer 7. I had no idea. It's pretty aggressive. We haven't even said what we would think yet, and he's already tweeting at us. He tweeted in the break before you said 6-1. and one. Garrett says, not sure what their record would be, but I can tell you it would have been 10 in a row for the Utes. Would it have been? Garrett firmly believes that, and there's a decent chance that Garrett is a Ute fan. Should I click on that and see if, it got it, if he's wearing any Ute gear? What's his last name? Stewart. He's got a picture of his three kids. Well, in recent years, I haven't been conflicted at all as far as picking Utah to win. And even some games, it looked like they were going to lose. I mean, they're up uh, in the second half. They're down. Utah is by 20. Uh, Taysom Hill leading uh, the Cougars on a great uh, touchdown drive. Got all the momentum. Two-point conversion. For the win. Yeah, which I agree with. I totally agree with that. Go for it. So even in the face of those, obviously the predictions, they're before the game, hence predictions. But this one, this game, I can't go back and recall off the top of my head, but this game I would have been the most conflicted in just automatically going with Utah under the circumstances because I've been a believer in Zach Wilson. Dylan Colley took it to another level saying he could go down as one of the greatest, if not the greatest, quarterback in BYU history. I wasn't willing to go that far. I'm not a Collie. I'm not that bold. Uh, <laughs> but I have been a believer, and I think I've stated it many times over on this radio station, that I believe in this kid's talent. Uh, even as he was uh, coughing the ball up through various ways uh, against Hawaii, and irritating and getting under the skin of BYU fans and mystifying me, I still believe that once he got it together that he would be sensational. And it's not so much that I believed it, it's people that I believe in told me that, which is what I've said a million times over also. So he's a different kid this year, and could that have made a difference against the Utes under the circumstances with the newness of the Ute football team? I think it possibly could have, yes. So you're saying there's a chance. More so than any in recent years, and I can't go back to say more so than the last time I felt this way was in 2000, fill in the blank. 
because I have to look at stuff. I can't recall stuff like you can like that. But so it would have been it would have been early. Out. It would have been early in the streak. The last time you picked BYU would have been 2009 when they won, maybe, or 2010 or 11. And after that, you pretty much end up picking the Utes. Yes. Yeah, because it's you know until I see otherwise. So I, I think. We'll never know because I didn't have to make the pick. But I think I still would have gone with Utah because it would have been a normal year then. And then these two quarterbacks or three quarterbacks, if you believe, I don't mind. I didn't necessarily believe it was a three-man race. But they would have had spring ball. I would have seen it. They, they Spring ball is wide open uh, as far as attendance. Uh, media can go uh, every spring game. I practice, I should say, not just game. And I would have had a much better feel for Rising and Bentley. So I would have a more educated thought process in reaching a prediction than I do right now where I haven't seen these guys competing for the starting job because even though Rising's been in the program, I didn't see any way the NCAA was going to allow him to be eligible. So I didn't really believe that he was competing for a starting job. And when you're redshirting, you know, you're trying out there to do your best, but the sense of urgency isn't as good. So I couldn't hold him to the competing standards, even though I've seen him take a number of snaps. It would have been completely different this year. I did go to, uh, I think I went to at least one spring practice. I don't remember if I went to two because normally they start up and then I got to go to Vegas for conference tournaments. So I miss a few practices. And obviously in Vegas, the whole whole thing shut down. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't have as much uh, information than I would have. And maybe that would have led me to go, nope, I'm still going with the Utes. So I probably would have picked Utah to win the game. It probably would have been a game where I would have been less sure of my pick. A year ago when I picked Utah, it was a no-doubter. This year, I probably would have picked Utah because they've had the streak and Kyle gets his guys ready and there's the upper hand. But you just have to recognize that this year, BYU had a lot of the pieces coming back, and Utah was still trying to figure out the pieces to the puzzle. Quarterback, all the starters on defense, we know the whole storyline. I probably would have picked Utah, but now having seen how BYU has played, and even going into the game, even if I hadn't seen it, I would have wondered, well, did I get it right? And now, definitely, you'd be thinking, mm, did you get it right? I don't think they could have made it through those first four games undefeated. It's hard to know because none of those four opponents has played a game. You don't have anything to look at. You can look at what a BYU-Missouri game, and that would have been the fifth game, or sixth game, uh, what the BYU-Missouri game would have looked like because Missouri's defense is bad. Missouri's three games into their season, and they haven't come close to stopping anybody. They've given up at least 35 points in every game. They're 1-2. and two. They did win a shootout with LSU, but... BYU would have scored a ton of points on them. you got to give Eli Drinkwitz time. <laughs> That's exactly right. Well said. You just like to say his name. That was DJ and PK discussing uh, BYU against their original schedule. Uh, Gordon, do you want to weigh in on that? I mean, they, we'll never know, which is somewhat frustrating. But uh, their first games, they would have uh, – the Houston game, obviously, would have been their seventh game. They were at Utah, scheduled to be at Utah, Michigan State at home, at Arizona State, at Minnesota, Utah State at home, Mizzou at home, Houston at home. Uh, well, there's like you said, there's no way of knowing, but I would have expected uh, a loss in there somewhere. Well, you know, you heard him talking about Utah, and it's happened yeah. uh, so often. You know, it's it's difficult to pick BYU in that matchup. Although I think this is the best BYU team we've we've seen in some time. It is, and of course, we haven't seen the Utes on the field yet. But based on oh, what we've seen in the past. Uh, Utah has superior athletes, and so uh, I would, I definitely would pick Utah to win that game prior to the season, 
uh, now. Well, I don't know because I haven't seen Utah yet. But generally, and I would probably believe that again this year, that Utah has more better athletes than BYU does. However, BYU has a couple of great athletes who are among the best at what they do in college football. And whether that would have made up the difference or not, I guess we'll never know. It would have been fun to find out, though, wouldn't it? Oh, uh, it would have been, been great. But here, here's the thing, though, Gordon, that would have made this year's game so much more interesting is that BYU hasn't had a quarterback that can deal for a while. And that's the great equalizer in football, as you know. If you've got a quarterback that can go out there and deal, then you're going to be a pretty good team. I mean, look at the, look at the Packers. They haven't really put uh, anyone around Aaron Rodgers for years. But yet they still managed to put up uh, incredible production offensively because he's so good. The argument there, of course, is that, yeah, he can deal, but can he deal against a real quality defense? I would have loved to have seen it. Yeah, and we just – sorry, BYU fans, but we just don't know that. Um, We we don't know that. The information isn't there. Uh, He's he's extremely accurate. He's a terrific quarterback. Uh, But but how would he – this is just based on my 40 years of being a professional journalist – Uh, sports journalist and it's this that when you see really good players play when you add pressure to that equation that is where they falter and that's not exactly rocket science i get that but we haven't seen that with zach wilson this year we haven't seen him deal with top quality uh power conference athletes and I don't know how he would respond to that. Would he look as good as he's looked thus far? I, I'm guessing he wouldn't. He might look good, but what he's been going up against just isn't – I'm sorry, it's just not top-quality talent. And so he's looked really, really good. What would he be doing if he had uh, a, a few defensive linemen in his face? I don't know the answer to the question, and I don't say it in a manner to disparage Zach Wilson. I'm just saying we don't know, and, and you know, there's only one, probably one occasion where we're going to find out this year. So that's the way it is, uh, and, and, and we deal with it. It is a curious question to ask uh, on a talk uh, show. But uh, we'll never know, and uh, that's one of the things. And this talk about Zach well, Wilson being the best quarterback ever at BYU, that's a, there's a word that describes that, but I can't say it on the radio. But real quick, though, let's, let's not pretend like Zach Wilson didn't do anything before this season when we're having this conversation. I mean, he, he beat USC last year. So it's not like he's never gone up against the defense ever right but he lost to toledo too and he lost to san diego state well, I, lost- I know you don't believe he was hurt last year and that didn't have any sort of factor but i do but i, I, I mean we've but, seen but, but, him play but, but, against good defenses before right, gordon we've seen it. it's right. not like he's never never done it and i think uh, yeah, we I'm, can all not, agree that, that he's better deal. this year than we're he not, was last we're year we're not yeah we're not looking at one opponent we're looking at a number of quality opponents and I didn't say that BYU would have a losing record. I said they they wouldn't be undefeated. No, right. And I I would probably agree with that take. Although it's it's very difficult because Minnesota is not traditionally very good, but last year they were great. Yeah. Uh, Arizona State. Um, I I think I'm pretty confident they're going to be pretty good. But sometimes with the Devils, you have no idea. Uh, Michigan State. You look at that and you'd say, boy, that looks like a tough game. But 
they got a new coach in Michigan State, and they haven't had the best teams in recent years. So you know, and you're Utah, looking at and you're looking at Utah, and the and BYU hasn't beaten Utah in how long? Right, but then you know Utah State, I I, I that would have been an interesting game, but certainly winnable for the Cougs and and Mizzou. Have have you watched Mizzou much this this year? Yeah, Gordon? I saw them a couple times, and they didn't look particularly impressive. Yeah, I so I mean that that certainly was winnable. So I don't know. Uh, you know, six and one feels reasonable to me, but I love debating things. We'll never have yeah, an answer to. I, I think that's pretty optimistic, uh, but uh, yeah, I, I I don't know. I mean, BYU is good this year. They're better than they've been for quite some time. And, again, I want to underscore the point. I'm not saying Zach Wilson is not a terrific quarterback. I'm just saying that we haven't seen him have to deal with some of the circumstances on a regular basis that uh, maybe other quarterbacks would have to do. Here's Hanson Scotty moving on in what's going on here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, talking about expectations for Britton Covey. The other guy that – I'm excited to see is big time upperclassman feels like he's been there since Oral Hershiser was pitching for the Dodgers is Britton Covey. I remember about this point in camp, of course, I was going to say this time last year, but it's not this time last year. It's about this point in camp last yeah. year. So which would have been like, you know, mid-August. Mid-August. Yeah. I remember doing an interview with Britton, and there was some real health concerns. And I remember looking at him thinking, he's just not, this doesn't feel right. And remember, he was missing practices, and he was banged up, and it was kind of like, man, I don't know if he, if this is right. And then I think he got out, tried to play a couple of games, body didn't look right. Well, I'm assuming that Britton has had extra time to get that body right. He's had procedures. He's gone through all the, the, the proper training to get him, his body right. And I keep hearing the speculation. Obviously, he's listed as the starter in the return game, but I keep hearing the speculation that they're expecting him to be a showpiece in the return game. I think that year off did him a world of good. A world of good. He hasn't been right in a while. I don't think, you know. Since that Washington game. Yeah. When they two just, years ago? When they just teed off on him. Or is that last year? No, that was two years ago. Two years ago. Yeah. Uh, I hope so. I, I, I certainly hope that's the case for him, and I hope that he's able to maintain a high level of play and be able to, um, you know, be able it, Brian Thompson and Salman Ennis, and, and you think about what those two do well. They can really stretch. They can really pull safety um, safety help away. And if if you've got a run game that could keep those linebackers somewhat occupied, think about this. So, Brand Keithy will do what he does from the tight end position. They're, he, you're going to have to give him extra protection. Yeah, you're going to have to leave potential cover twos over the top because Brian Thompson is going to be a field stretcher, and Solomon Ennis is going to be a problem. So, what does that leave? That leaves gaps and holes for dig routes, slip screens. Um, quick, quick slants, uh, drag routes, and those are the routes that Britton Covey excels yeah, in. That's uh, that's his game. That's right his here. game. So, if you've got if you've got these, you know, I don't want to call them stars, but all Pac-12 players, Brian Thompson and and Brent Keithy will be all Pac-12. You've got these Pac-12 players that are pulling that attention away. 
if Braden Covey's healthy, he really is going to be a problem. He's going to be an outlet. And I don't say that as if he's not a target. I'm not saying he's an outlet as a second option, but he's going to be a targeted outlet. And I think Britain stands to gain a lot this year and have a good year if he can stay healthy. And if his body and his feet are what we remember seeing before the yeah. injuries. That's, yeah, I guess that's a really good point, too. How much of, how much of what we remember watching Britton Covey in that first game against Michigan back in 2015 or whenever that year was, yeah. um, and how much of that still exists? Does he still have that same burst? I assume he does, but that's going to be a big question mark because sometimes when it goes, it just doesn't come back. I can't answer that. At that, at that same level. Yeah, I can't answer it. Until I see it, I can't answer it uh, because I, I could see that he did not have that burst in the, the beginning parts of camp and in the beginning parts of the year. He did have a couple of nice punt returns, but you know, eventually having to sit down and, and rest the body – I think that really emphasized what I thought was happening there, that he just wasn't ready. So I, I don't know what that body – I don't know what he's going to look like. But he's a guy I'm excited to see, how they use him and how he looks as they step out on the field to start the season. I, But I can't answer what, what he's going to look like right now. I can tell you what coaches have thought of him through camp tomorrow, but I can't. I can't really answer what what I think he's going to look like at the beginning parts of the year. Britton Covey, the conversation with Hanson Scotty. And, uh, you know, he's he's kind of an electric player, Gordon. Um, I don't know if he'll ever go back to having the impact he had there for a while before he got hurt because the – I guess the the book on him was written a little bit by Washington. I know you remember that game where if you just – focus all your attention on the to beating him up pretty good then he's he's gonna have a tough time so i wonder i don't know he was just so electric there for a while i wonder if he could ever get back to that well i if he's healthy i think he can uh but once you get him back and you get him doing the things that britain covey can do which are spectacular times uh and by the way, I agree with everything Hans said about uh, that situation for him and the opportunity that will be there for him. But what I worry about is recurring injury. Because if you've ever stood next to Britton Covey, you might be surprised if you didn't know who he was, that he was a football player. But that that's that's exactly my point. Right. Because Britain playing like Britain was going to get him killed. And I, I don't even think <laughs> I'm exaggerating all that much. So I don't know if he can go back to doing that or he's not going to be able to play. And if they have him doing uh, special team stuff and returning kicks and things like that, then that's added uh, but pressure it, on But, you know, if, if, if he's just a returner, you know, he's only putting his body at that risk, you know, five or six times a game, right? I mean, there for a while when he was the featured receiver, he was, you know, dancing in and out of tackles and putting his body at risk every other play. I mean, that's, yeah. that's uh, I guess what I'm saying is that the the way that he plays football, you know, with the, the fearless style that he has, I don't know how sustainable that is. Because if he's if he's not playing that way, that's what makes him special. 
Yeah. So yeah. I, I think you need to either, you know, let him play his game, but limit how many touches that he gets. And I know that sounds crazy or adjust the way that he plays. I don't think you're going to go back to him being the featured guy because I don't think, unfortunately, with his body type, I don't I don't know how sustainable that is. And I and I don't I agree with you in that regard. He he shouldn't be the featured guy, but he certainly can be extremely dangerous for any defense because he's so hard to tackle. He's so elusive. I might uh, put rarely, him in. rarely rarely do you see a guy with moves like that. You don't. I mean, it, it, it was remarkable at times the things he did. Remember that game that you and I? I think you were up there at that Oregon, in Oregon game. Yeah. yeah, and we were watching what he was doing to the Ducks. <laughs> It was, it was almost, and that's when you was a, a freshman. So right. I, I almost think maybe you make him your third or fourth receiver, bump him down the the depth chart a little bit, so his his reps with the offenses is somewhat limited, and then have him be my full time re- returner. I would definitely use him as a receiver, though, Jake. He's he, especially as as Hans was describing there, uh, lining up next to those other guys that they might be able to, you know, spread the ball around, like you said, so you're not overloading him. You certainly don't want him to get hit 15 times a game. I mean, that's it's too much. It's too much. But think about how frustrating it would be to be a, a defensive back. Or can you imagine a linebacker trying to stay with him? Right. All right. Well, uh, we'll get to more coming up next. Stay tuned. We're live here. Mark Miller, Subaru Southtown. Uh, 10920 South State Street uh, down here in Sandy. And we're helping uh, Jeff Miller joining us again, of course. We're helping uh, matching these great pets up with families. That's pretty cool. Still out there, still trying to find homes for all these dogs and cats. And Nuzzles & Co. is uh, who you've partnered with, and you've been partnered with them for a yeah, long, long time. Yeah, a time partner of us, ours, and they just do such a great job in this area just getting these pets into their, for- their forever homes, as they call them. You know, is it a is it a – kind of a, a Subaru philosophy to be so um, out there about community stuff. And, and you guys take it to an even another level, but the, the TV ads and stuff yeah, like it's that. A, it's, it's been a big thing. So Subaru, God, over a decade ago, really started pushing this idea of love, right? right. So you started seeing love in all the Subaru ads. And that what happened is they, from a marketing team, they looked out and said, what is, connects all Subaru owners? And what they were kept getting in focus groups and surveys and everything was the word love. I love my car. I love Subaru. I love this. And so they just built a whole brand around it. And so they started a few years ago something called the Love Promise. And what the Love Promise is just it's an agreement we all sign. We put it on our wall. It's right there. It's that the agreement to be more than just a car company, that we're part of our community, that we have responsibility to help these organizations, to help our community succeed. And we were great for us because we were doing it anyway. Right, right. <laughs> it just put a branding on what we've been doing for longer than I've been alive. I just think it's such a cool way to, to market. And even in today's day and age where we're so sensitive about the negativity and things like that, I, I, I just like the, the positive uh, feeling of it all. And I think, I think a cool. big part, I think a big thing is that it works for us specifically as a brand, Mark Miller, but also for Subaru as a whole is it's genuine. Right. That a lot of people can come out and say, oh, we're donating money to charity for this. And it's just, okay, they're doing it to sell cars. It, it really is who we are. I mean, I, I was on Subaru's National Dealer Council for six years, just kind of cycled off a couple of years ago. And I know Tom Dahl. I know the VPs. I know all the guys that run Subaru America. And this is who they are. Yeah. It's not a, it's not a hey, we're going to do this as a thing to sell cars. It's, this is who they are. They run these volunteer events at corporate. They run these dog adoptions at the corporate headquarters. They're doing the same thing we're doing here nationally. I'll, I'll give you uh, an example just uh, with me. So I, I host 
Jazz pre and Post, and you guys are a great partner of ours oh. on, on the Jazz broadcast. And, and we have a lot of great partners, and we do these, these reads, and they're just, you know, 10-second reads. So you can imagine, what, like three, four sentences, right? Yep. And, and most of the time in these reads, it's, it's advertising special or, or something along those lines. Uh, with you guys, I would say 50% of the words I read in, in relation to Mark Miller Subaru is about something community-related, mm-hmm. which, I, which I notice and I, I think is really cool, whether it's a Lot to Love event or, or what have you. I, I just think it's awesome. I think, I mean, we, we rarely advertise the deal. I mean, the idea yeah. is we talked about with Promise Prize, talked about what we do, and right. we're, we're trying to be the antithesis of what people think a car dealer is. So people think that it's all about the deal, and it's, oh, five ninety nine. Right. Deal, deal, deal. Today only, this weekend. So yeah. we don't run special. We don't run sales. I don't know if you've ever noticed that about us. Yeah. There's no Memorial Day sale. Right. There's no Labor Day sale. It's because part of promise price is it's, you get the same price every day. Right. It doesn't matter. Come in when you're ready to buy a car. Don't be pressured to buy it this weekend. And generally, those things are, it's about the hype. It's not about what is reality. Right. Most of the times on those weekend sales, you're not going to dealership and getting a better deal than you would have gotten three days ago. Right. But they're making it sound like you've got to get in this weekend. And I've never... I've actually had some issues in the Automall Association doing that because I don't like that kind of stuff. Right. I don't like that advertising it's, it, message. It, it's kind of wild that the, the idea of a customer with a, when you're buying a car is that you're playing defense. You know, like, oh, man, this guy's really trying to put the screws to me. Like, what, what kind of environment is totally. that? And what it does, we try to create an environment here where we, it's not only good for the customers, but we get people who really want to work here. Yeah. Because we create an environment that's so good for our employees that they take care of our customers and then we, we make money. Money's the byproduct of doing the right thing. Right. And, I mean, we just announced a program this week I was talking to you about earlier today that uh, we're putting a new minimum wage policy in place. That's so cool. So at our store, as of November 1st, so next week, week and a half from now, the minimum wage of the store for any position is $15 an hour. That's so cool. And then after a year, it'll go to 16 After three years with us, it's 17 And the idea of it is, is it's the right thing to do. Taking care like, of your people. Yeah, take yeah. care of it. Like we, If we do that, we'll get more people that want to work for us. We'll get hire better employees. We take care of the employees we already have. They can actually live on the wages we pay them because you're not living on 11 12 bucks an hour. Yeah, no. In, this, in Salt Lake City, there's no way you're living on 11 12 bucks an hour in any kind of even surviving. I wouldn't even say comfort. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Well, okay, so if you're in a market for a new pet, come on down. Today's yep. your day. But also, if you're looking for a, for a new car, uh, check out Mark Miller Subaru. Car, or if you're looking for a new position, if you're looking for a job. Right. We're, we're hiring for entry level positions. We're hiring for lot techs at both of our stores. We're hiring for express loop technicians. We're hiring for a service technician. And we'll pretty soon be hiring for someone in our call center as well. So go to careers.markmillersubaru.com, and you can look at those as well. Awesome. Thanks, Jeff. You're the man. Absolutely. All right. We'll have more coming up next. Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone. This is DJ and PK. Riley Jensen. Knowing what you know of DJ Riley, do you think he would prefer a PBU or a PB&J? <laughs> Listen, I'm in no position to criticize people who like PB&Js, but I think we all love a PBU. I'll tell you this right now. If it's peanut butter and jelly, I'm out. If it's peanut butter and jam, I'm in. The jelly oh, is strained and has no fruit chunks. I'm about I mean, the jam. I, one yeah. more question. Creamy peanut butter or chunky peanut butter? Chunky, obviously. Discuss this. With my Chunky wife. somehow for DJ seems appropriate, doesn't yeah, it, Riley? That a kid, fat humor. Thank you. <laughs> I meant in the peanut butter. Whatever. Catch DJ and PK mornings from six till ten on 97.5, 1280 the Zone and the Zone Sports Network.
I'm here to introduce the best coverage of the teams you're passionate about from the guys you know and trust. Go Town! Turn it up. You're listening to The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. Yeah, yeah. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Ashley Adamson, the Pac-12 Network. Can Utah lose that kind of talent and compete for a Pac-12 title again? If you would ask me that question when they first entered the league, I would have said, no, you're crazy. That would be impossible for anybody. But I have become such a believer in Kyle Whittingham and such a believer in this Utah program that I think, especially in this year, the teams that are going to do well are the ones that are disciplined and methodical and don't get too high and don't get too low and are able to roll with the punches. And that is Kyle Whittingham to a T. And a lot of times the reason teams have success is because they take on the personality their head coach and we've seen that at Utah so I just have a sense that they're going to surprise some people that was Ashley Adamson from the Big Show last week welcome back Gordon Monson Jake Scott it's the Big Show here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone we're live at Mark Miller Subaru 10920 South State Street here in the Southtown Automall uh, come adopt a dog or a cat it's a, a pet adoption day and uh, they're celebrating down here. So if your family is uh, looking for a new dog or cat, today is your day. Come on uh, by and uh, and uh, visit Mark Miller Subaru and pick out uh, the next member of the family. Gordon, our friend Dirk Facer of the Deseret News has an article out. Uh, he got players' reactions to the media poll for the Pac-12 and uh, talked specifically about the race in the South. Um Mainly, uh, he talked to a couple of Utes, and, and they uh, said uh, what you'd think they'd say. They said, we're taking it one game at a time. Uh, he got a quote from um, Jaden Daniels from Arizona State who said this, Gordon, quote, I feel like the South is wide open. Anybody can win it. Um, we've talked about where we, how we feel. We kind of pro- prognosticated and had that conversation. But let's talk about how wide open is it and how – likely would it be for Utah to be the South division champ for the third year in a row? How likely would it be? Uh, I certainly have it. I don't have it as likely. I have it as possible. Possible. Very strong uh, verbiage there. (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, I mean, I would pick SC to win the South. I I would pick SC to win the South. And I would probably have the Utes second, and Arizona State uh, just shortly thereafter. That's the way I would line it up. Now we don't know because we haven't seen these teams on the field, but that's the way I think it's going to go down. Am I going to find a thousand-dollar bill laying on the ground on the way to my car today? It's possible. Uh, uh, I yeah. guess I guess here's the conversation. I, I I would pick USC too, but they do they are vulnerable. I mean, for the reasons that we've talked about. I know uh, they've got uh, the best quarterback since Staubach, but I mean Clay Helton has uh, has underachieved uh, obviously at times at USC. Um, their their recruiting this past year wasn't particularly good, but I don't know how much that would uh, affect this upcoming season. So, I mean, I, I certainly don't think USC is a shoe-in uh, to win the South title. Um, I think Arizona State, uh, I might pick them second, 
in, in the division, but certainly they're more looking eye-to-eye with Utah, in my opinion. So if USC is vulnerable and Utah is second or third in the in the division, even though they've got kind of a re- rebuilding team, I, w- I would say their chances to win a third South Division title are much better than just possible. Well, I don't understand the difference between what you just described and the word possible. Well, the word possible in play, possible could mean anything. I mean, anything is possible. Thank you, Kevin Garnett. So it's just not very specific. Well, I mean, like if you want to, if you want to say, like, like honestly, I think they'd have, uh, you know, a thirty-five to forty percent chance of of winning the league. I mean, possible, just like. It's well, I didn't possible. know you wanted a percentage, Jake. But, I mean, it's, 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 it's certainly not probable. So if it's not probable, what's the next option? But possible. It's, it's possible that Colorado wins the division. No, it's, it's not. possible that Arizona wins the division. No, it's not. It's possible that Oregon State wins the league. That all these it things are not. possible. Those things, those things aren't really possible. Not but in they the are. What I was saying, literally possible. So I, I guess I was just looking for a, a little bit more of a, a specificity. I have them second. Is that specific enough for you? But yeah, but I have, but I, I guess have, I have them second. And so if they're if they if I have them second, then I obviously believe it's it is, you know, if not probable, they they have a decent chance. So I see decent chance. It. There, that's that's a little bit more more specific. A decent chance. Okay, I just. Uh, I'm, I'm trying I to gauge you what you're talking about. Show, I'm going to say I want something more specific, Jake. That's fine. I don't and know. We haven't I'll, seen these teams play yet. I'll give you more specific stuff. If I need to be more specific, you let me know. I'm not going to take that as an insult. I like <laughs> well, you even if you take you know picking them second, maybe you think USC is going to run away with the division. Like it's not even going to be close. No, I don't think that. So I, I think it is close. And but I do think SC has the edge, and then I would have Utah after that. And that's quite a compliment considering the talent they lost off that team, and Arizona State in the mix, and everybody else can just forget about it. Okay, that that so that's free, more what I was looking. Race. That's more what I was looking for. Just a little further of the conversation. Well, you know? we weren't done well, yet. I did. I, that was that was what I said first. It, I didn't say, "Oh, it's possible." I don't want to talk about it anymore. Sheesh. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm looking at. I'm looking. I'm asking. Gord, what's the likelihood Utah can pull out the division? Well, it's possible. Okay. <laughs> my my. <laughs> What's what, what's my, the my, my, frame, of, my, my frame of reference for the word possible is is not probable, but it's not five or ten percent. It's not like uh, so. You're saying I got a chance. What's so the so I'm saying there's a chance or whatever. Do, do you subscribe the to the is. Kevin Garnett definition of possible? No. Oh. No, that's not that was not the context of which I was using the word possible. Like in some huge you know minuscule chance but it is possible no that's not what i meant what's the likelihood that i'm going to get carjacked by halle berry on the way home well it's possible it is not it's possible it is not (laughs) why not possible because it's it's not (laughs) that ain't happening (laughs) jerk
Don't call me a jerk. You're the one lashing out. I get a, I get a real lashing out. You're the one that's making fun of me, saying it's possible when that's what it is. I... But my context for possible is not that you're going to get carjacked by Halle Berry. How am I supposed because to? Because that's not possible. How am I supposed to respond to the scorching hot take of? Well, it's possible. <laughs> Oh, man. All right. Coming up next. So, so the point is that they, they do have a, a solid chance, a solid opportunity, and they've got a lot of good athletes in that program. And that's, that, that, that automatic put, puts them in the, in the running with the coaching that the, they have in place. All right. Coming up next, it's the Not Sports Report. <laughs> or maybe it's possible we don't do it. Oh, that's no, it's impossible that we don't do it. Josh Parcell is with us at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. We are at Mark Miller Subaru, 10920 South State Street, the Southtown location. Uh, they're, uh, they've partnered for a long time with Nuzzles & Co., and uh, they're, having, uh, they're providing a chance for you to come down and adopt a pet today. So if you've been thinking about uh, adopting a, a dog or a cat, today is your day, and all you have to do is come down to Mark Miller Subaru, Southtown, 10920 South State Street. We'll have more Big Show coming up next. Uh, 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. Anything's possible. Anything's possible. Check this out. And now your Not Sports Report on 97.5, 1280, The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. It's a big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280, The Zone, live here at Mark Miller Subaru, 109.20 South State Street. We'll talk a little bit more about what they've got going on coming up here momentarily. But first, it is time for the Not Sports Report. Gordon, where are we going today? We're going to Tulsa, but before we go there, we have two stops along the way, all right? Jeez. Busy today. (laughs) All right. First one uh, is a question, essentially. There's There's a movie coming out called bride and it's about the bride of frankenstein it's a a take off of that theme so i'm i'm curious to know if you could think of who you would you would pick an actor actress actor whatever to play the role of bride of frankenstein who would you pick sydney portier (laughs) as the bride that man can play anything i know brilliant What what woman would you pick for that mm, role? For the bride, Rhea of... Perlman. Rhea Perlman, that's a good that that is true. Uh, let's see here. Glenn Close. On, you know that's not the way it works. It's always some really beautiful actress that gets a role like that. Are you saying that they're not those Rhea Perlman's not beautiful? Rude. That is rude. It is rude, but it's true. Wow. Wow, that's even more rude. I think Rhea Perlman is lovely. Okay. She's okay. better looking than you. Well, that's true. Anywho. Who would you pick, Austin, Mr. Moby? Uh, I was serious with Glenn Close. I think she'd be great. She's a little old, though. Hey, hey, hey. What does that mean? At least I didn't say she's a little ugly. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you lost moral Age high ground Age is indisputable. Here. Yep, I think you lost moral high ground here, Gordon. You can't no. just turn around and go, wait a minute, how hey, dare Christy, you? Christy Brinkley's 66. Is she a little too old? To be the bride of Frankenstein? Yeah, maybe, but I'd still pick her. <laughs> All right, you know who it actually is going to be? Scarlett Johansson. My voice doppelganger. I'm sure she'll do a fine, fine job. Fine actor. 
Yeah, I'm sure. The second one is uh, a, a, a family, a father of a family in York, Pennsylvania, has come up with a solution for trick-or-treaters on Halloween that want to stay socially distanced. It's called the candy pult. The what? The candy pult. Oh, okay. The catapult, the yeah, candy pult. I, I get it. Sounds it's this like... thing that launches the candy. The problem is... Sounds like a lawsuit waiting to happen. <laughs> I know. The problem is... How'd you lose that, that it, eye, kid? It kind, it kind of launches the candy up in the air, and then, then the trick-or-treaters scramble for it, you know, with their bags. And I'm, I'm just thinking, it's like, you know, it's like a, it's like a Britton Covey uh, receiving a punt, and it could get a little rough, you know, because it's like, it's like, have you ever been, you've been to a wedding where the bride throws the bouquet in the air, and then whoever gets it is supposed to be in line for, uh, you know, that can turn into a scrum. Oh, really? Most weddings I go to, it never turns into a scrum. Everyone's there, (laughs) gets forced over to it. It's the single guys that are absolutely fleeing that thing as fast as they possibly can. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what weddings you've been to, but it's all the single guys getting forced to go up there and then just trying desperately not to catch it. The final one out of Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, Both of you guys have probably had, back in your single days, have had uh, bad first dates, right? Never. Austin? Only bad first dates, yes. Well, I don't think you had one as bad as this woman did. She met a man on some social uh, media uh, outlet, and she he asked her out on a date, and she accepted. And so they went, and uh, I guess I think after they had uh, dinner, they were driving along, and police officers tried to pull the car over for one reason or another. And uh, instead of pulling over, the guy gunned it, took off, just floored it to get away to avoid the arrest. Sexy. Yeah. And she's in the passenger seat like, what is going on? Uh, Eventually, he did pull over. Uh, Thankfully, no one was hurt. But he was arrested the woman was let go. She told officers uh, she didn't know that her date was wanted. As it turns out, he was. And he was somewhat uh, incoherent. I don't know if he was uh, had been uh, knocking back a few brews or whatever. But apparently he, the date, and think about this, if this was your daughter or if this was you, whoever, uh, the, the man was... Um, uh, facing uh, arrest for obstructing an officer, possession of marijuana, and, f- fall- and failing to stop at a stop sign, in addition to being held without bond for the warrant in uh, a different county where court records show five different traffic and or drug cases against him. And he was booked into the jail. So that, that, that is not the ideal first aid. Nope, that is done. If the cops are involved on your first date, uh, it's probably not going well for you. It's just, Our, but, that, but that's a challenge of, uh, of the, these days, you know. You just don't know who you're going out with, right? 
All right, uh, joining us now, we're at Mark Miller Subaru, the Southtown location, 10920 South State Street. Uh, Caitlin is jumping on with us again from Nuzzles & Co. And, uh, Caitlin, first of all, let me apologize to you for having to sit through that segment. Thank you for doing that. Of course. Yeah. That's totally fine. I, I'm impressed you made it through, so thank you very much. Uh, let's talk about what you guys are doing. I, I asked you, are things going well out there? Yes, they are. We have people coming to adopt kittens and puppies. Everything's going great. It's awesome to see people finding, you know, their perfect match with their little furry friend. That's so. got to make you feel good, right? Yes, it does. That's one of my favorite parts of this job is making sure everyone goes home with someone that's just right for them. So. Well, it's so cool that you guys do, and we talked to, to Jeff uh, a little bit about this in the uh, in the last segment. It's so cool that Mark Miller Subaru has partnered up with you guys to do really fun community stuff like this. Yes. It's amazing. Yes, we're so grateful for Mark Miller Subaru. They do so much for us. Um, we love doing different things like this with them, so we hope we can continue to do um, safe events like this throughout the rest of the year. So you guys are just uh, you're uh, set up in the parking lot. Mm -hmm. uh, you're meeting cars as they come in. Everybody's masked up, so you're doing it uh, very comfortably. Yeah, so no cars. Um, it's just walk-in right now. Oh, sorry. Um, just because we have vendors set up. So, like, Hugo's Coffee is here. Right. Um, we have some custom leashes and custom collars that are available. Um, there's also um, root beer floats, things like that going on. We also have an Ask a Trainer segment. So if you have other animals at home or if you have questions about your new puppy, we have that going on just kind of while you wait for your turn. And then you can come on over, pick out a kitten, pick out a puppy, see who works best for you, and then fill out all the adoption paperwork. Custom collars. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, it's pretty fun. Yeah, that's awesome. Awesome. All right, come on down and uh, pick out uh, a new member of the family. 10920 South State Street. That's uh, our friend Caitlin from Nuzzles & Co. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. All right, we'll have uh, more Big Show. Our friend Josh Parcell joins us next, 97.5 and 1280, The Zone.